Storm Bowling Products. The Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast is Emil Williams, Jr. Emil bowled collegiately at Lindenwood University. He was part of their 2005 National Championship team. Emil is now currently working for the USBC. You can find him following the PWBA and hear him commentating on Bowl TV. Emil, it's Tim Berg and Coach K. Steve Klemkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure, as always. All right, well, Emil, you were part of Lindenwood University's National Championship Bowling Team. Both myself and Steve caught up on that, watching that uh, great clip on YouTube. So if anyone out there is, is looking to see that, they can see you guys defeat Fresno State University by 2-0 uh, to zero there. You guys win that match. But what sticks out to you from that season, and when did you realize that, that we, we could have something special here? Uh, probably, I'd probably say the second semester, uh, probably January-ish, because we hadn't won a tournament until January. And I think we won the, uh, what was used to be called the Bearcat, or the Hoinky Bearcat Open. Open. Uh, mm-hmm. We won that event, and then we kind of felt like, you know, I, I won't say we felt like we could win a national championship. I don't think we felt that until, you know, we started beating, sorry, Steve, Wichita State, and Seems like Nebraska and other teams uh, at, at at the national event, um, but January our, our chemistry was great. We all felt like you know we all got along um, on and off the lanes. We had good communication, but I don't think we really knew we could do something like that until you know the ball starts rolling and all of a sudden you know team after team after team and then it's say hey, I, I think we can get this thing done and um, ultimately that's what happened. Semifinals kind of stand out the most, though, before we got to the finals uh, versus Moorhead State in the semis. Uh, we, oh, my memory is not as good as it once was. Uh, we lost the first match. We were we were undefeated, and so double elimination. We lost the first match, came back and uh, won uh, against Moorhead State and in a sweep. And, and that match particularly kind of kind of really let us know, like, hey, you know, this was kind of the championship in a sense for us because of what it took to, to get to that point. Um, and then everything else, obviously, on TV is just, you know, you, you kind of go and, and see what happens. And uh, it's kind of like what people say when they bowl on TV now. It's, you know, just take it one shot at a time. Uh, you get less shots, of course, when it's Baker on TV. Uh, so you really got to make them count. And ultimately, we were able to do that. And you mentioned Wichita State, Nebraska, and then just this uh, just this week, I think it was uh, very recently here, Bill Straub had officially retired from his head coaching position there at uh, Nebraska. W- Bill was pretty active uh, all through my collegiate career and, and yours as well, too. D- did you ever get a chance to, to talk and meet Bill Straub? Uh, not during the uh, my collegiate times, but uh, I did actually meet him. Well, I've met him several times since then, but I got a chance to really conversate with him um, a few months back, actually, at the Lincoln Open Stop on the PWBA Tour. We actually took uh, Liz Culkin, uh, well, I should say she brought us to campus and gave us a tour. Uh, we did a special segment on Bowl TV. So she gave us a tour of uh, the lanes, the trophy case, um, even like a cool, crazy gadget that uh, they created specifically for Liz to kind of 
uh, limit her drifts while she was on campus. And so talking to Bill then and, you know, talking to him and then actually seeing everything from the trophy case perspective, um, you know, really was a kind of a once in a, I won't call it a once in a lifetime, but as a bowling fan and a fan of college bowling and sports in general, you know, the history that uh, that program uh, has created and certainly he was a part of it all. Uh, really, really sings the tone. So I was I sent a text to somebody earlier, and I was like, and Gordon and now uh, Bill both retired in the same year. So I don't know, if, you know who would ever wow. thought that. Yeah. So when, when you talk about that, you're out there on the PWBA tour covering it for Bowl TV, and you get to see a lot of these collegiate athletes fresh out of school come out and try their hand on the tour. What is that like when you see them? And it seems like ultimately, in most cases, the stage isn't too big for them. They're bowling against the best ladies in the world, and they make that transition rather seamless. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. Um, I think college bowling definitely prepares you uh, to, for the moment, to not be so big. Um, you know, some are, you know, kind of get it a little bit quicker than others, but I always like to kind of talk about the process, and that's a kind of a cliched word, but. Uh, it really is a process, especially when you're trying to make that jump to the next level. Um, you know, someone like a Jordan Richards seemed to get it seamlessly, right? But it doesn't always happen uh, that quickly for everyone. So watching the progression, watching the growth, the maturity, um, even to the point where, you know, for me, I was, this is my fourth season on tour. So I get a chance to really see, you know, who's improved and what they've improved on each, each year. So in any other sport, you talk about getting better in the off season, and you can see the players do that. So they, you know, they threw this wrinkle in their game. You know, they can get further left now. Uh, they can curve it a little bit more. Uh, this person's better at playing the gutter. So you start to see all of those elements that they've added to their games. Um, but their foundation really certainly created, you know, prior to college bowling, uh, enhanced and added some skills in college bowling, and then you know take that next step to the professional level. They continue to grow, enhance, and ultimately, hopefully for those who do, uh, will win at some point. Well, I mean, one of the players who's winning a lot out there, Shannon O'Keefe this year, has been just absolutely incredible. I mean, her yeah. her work coaching and, and her players that are coming out are just incredibly talented and strong. But she, uh, I mean, it's just amazing. You would think that uh, she, she's doing nothing but going up. You wouldn't. You know, you wouldn't imagine after all the experience and years, a lot of times it's like, boy, I put in my time and work, and you kind of peak at a certain point. But it seems like she still keeps moving upwards. I, I agree. And uh, she's someone who works you know, extremely hard. And if you talk to her, uh, any story or video we've done, she always talks about the, the work she's put in. And for her specifically, I know um, being a college coach is especially important, and she can't um, she can't talk about something that, to her team that she won't input implement you know herself so she's not going to tell them to do the work when she's not doing the work and so that that part of her uh, also drives what she's doing um you know already four titles you know 12 in essentially a five-year span and like you said you know there's there's doesn't seem to be a break uh at all she's only, <laughs> she's only going upward and she just turned 40 uh in january and another one, and you talked about you bowling against Moorhead there in college. Um, you know, Liz Johnson was a, a Moorhead uh, top player. And, you know, what, what are your thoughts? You know, Liz Johnson, we're talking about success that she's had again in her 40s. And like with Shannon O'Keefe, um, there was a number of years where the PWBA wasn't in existence. How many more titles do you think Liz would have had if, you know, throughout yeah. her late 20s and 30s, you know, if that was actually going on the whole time? 
Yeah, it's so hard to uh, it's hard to put a number on it, but I mean, I think an easy an easy ten to fifteen, you know, to me would be would be suffice. Uh, easy ten to fifteen, and I say that easy kind of tongue in cheek because the tour obviously was um, as good as it can be. You know, when it was uh, when it folded, unfortunately, you know, in two thousand three, and you still had players like obviously Carolyn Dawn Ballard. Uh, Kim Kearney and Michelle Feldman, uh, players like that. But, you know, Liz already had established herself at that time. So I don't think it would be uh, too far-fetched to say, hey, 10 to 15 titles, you know, for Liz would, during that time, you know, considering, you know, I think she did win the Queens, won a couple more U.S. Opens during that time, U.S. Women's Opens. Uh, she certainly could have won some standard events. Um, even when uh, in a, a season like this where, you know, it's not like a, it's not what the Liz standard has been since the tour is relaunched, but she continues to cash every week, uh, be in the top 12, uh, made a show recently, of course. Um, so not, not the Liz season we've been used to, but still uh, a, a season for Liz, um, for the fans' perspective, I think, to say, hey, Liz has still got it. Um, she's right there. And, you know, from year to year, you never really know. It could be, it could be Liz's year again next year. Emil, what advice do you have for that high school player listening when it comes to choosing the right university for them? Um, that's a good question. I would say I'd have to go back to my experience. Um, I knew I wanted to – I had a, I had an idea of what I wanted to do uh, professionally, kind of away from athletics. So that was my first mindset was to think about what I wanted to major in, uh, you know, what, what – my career goals were and how might I navigate the path to get there. Uh, so that would be first, definitely academics, you know, cause sometimes those don't match up. You know, the, you may go to a school and be considering a school that doesn't have what you're looking for academically. And so you just don't want to go just to, to bowl, uh, you know, because you never know what might happen. Injuries happen, things happen all the time. So you, you definitely want to have something to fall back on. I know, you know, there's probably kids listening to this podcast. Your parents say it all the time, and they're true. It's They're right. <laughs> it, it doesn't always work out the way we intended to. Uh, I would take my Lindenwood experience. Um, I actually transferred to Lindenwood. I went to Columbia College, which is in Chicago. I knew I wanted to be in radio TV, and I ended up majoring in radio for a year before transferring. But uh, I took a visit to the school, and they had just built a brand-new radio station. And once I saw that, yeah, I knew that was the place for me. Uh, so I got a chance to, to kind of break in the radio station, uh, obviously learn on the lanes as well. And, yeah, it's worked out for me in, in, in both facets, from the national championship to you know, being involved in what I do now from a broadcast and live streaming perspective. Hey, you mentioned uh, just a little bit here about uh, your parents being right, and, and you're a new parent, are you not? <laughs> oh, I am. My son just uh-huh. let me know I was a new parent right before, right before our podcast. <laughs> Emil Williams the third. So, uh, what's going on there? Tell us what life is like right now for the last few weeks and how it's been different from time before that. Yeah, it's been great so far. It's uh, at the time of this of our podcast here. He is three weeks and a couple of days old. Um, you know, the first thing I thought about when he was born was, you know, how do we how do we get him on the the airplane now you know what's what's my airport travel like because 
you know, when I'm on the road, you know, so used to, you know, grabbing a carry on and, and hopping on the flight and, you know, depending on what airport I'm in or going to, I know how to time my, my pre-check and all this other stuff. And now I'm like, okay, all right, so we'll need to get to the airport two hours early. And that's, I'm not that kind of guy. Um, <laughs> and little, and little things like that. But, uh, you know, just, just watching him grow, they, they do change very quickly. Uh, people were telling me that and that, that's happened since, uh, day one when he, when he was born, um, you know, listening and learning his different cries, the various tones that he has, you know, which one's the hungry tone, which one's the, uh, I need my diaper change tone. Um, Hey, I need to be burped tone. So, you know, all these things that you learn and it's kind of thrown at you. I mean, you can do all the research and, and try to prepare yourself, but you know, it's like anything else. You don't really know how you're going to react until, uh, you, you have to react. And, uh, but he's been, he's been awesome. Uh, Every cliche thing that people have said to me has been true. You instantly fall in love. Uh, it's a it's a different kind of love. Um, nothing I've ever experienced. I tell my wife, hey, I, I love you. I'm still in love with you, but this this is a little different than what we're what we're experiencing <laughs> with, with Trey, is uh, what we nicknamed him. Uh, hmm. But it's been great. It's been awesome. So I have to ask: Have you had a chance to swap some some baby war stories with Missy Parkin, who's also who's a new parent as well? With you, you know, she's a little bit further along than you, but her and Drew just had a, had a child not too too long ago. So you probably it also probably you probably gain a little bit of, of new respect for Missy as she's out there competing and going through the, some of the same things you're going through. Absolutely, it's been um, actually uh, Aaron Aaron Smith did a uh, when I started on the paternity leave. He actually did a podcast on Bold TV with Missy and Stephanie Johnson, and they essentially gave me tips <laughs> on what to do, uh, what to expect. Uh, I mean, not obviously not just me, but uh, it was kind of towards me simply because I was in that situation at that moment. Um, everyone has been helpful, uh, honestly, on tour. Uh, Missy, Stephanie, uh, Shannon Puchowski, uh Josie Barnes. We've been uh, chatting a lot as well because – uh, I think Joseph is about 31 weeks at this point. Uh, so we've been conversating back and forth. Uh, actually, a friend of mine from, from Lindenwood actually just had a, his daughter last week. And so we've been going back and forth on hey, hey, what might work because I'm, I'm kind of two and a half weeks ahead of him. So giving him a, a few pointers here and there on what might work, what might not. Uh, I, I told him, you know, we met at the Lindenwood cafeteria during Work and Learn. And his name's Ryan. And uh, I told him, yeah, it's weird that, you know, we met where we met. Uh, my good friend, Andre, and his good friend, Chase, so all four of us were working together uh, in the cafeteria to now, you know, talking about being dads. Um, so, you know, to kind of piggyback on the, the, the collegiate part of it, you know, those are the type of relationships that you will make, you know, when you go to college and, and finish and share not only what you share at school and, the accomplishments, even the, even the losses, you know, and then you end up sharing things like weddings and um, now childbirth. So it all comes full circle. Awesome. Well, that's great stuff, Emil. And thank you so much uh, for joining us on the podcast. And thanks for everything you do for Bold TV. I definitely, uh, I know a lot of people enjoy listening to your commentary and keep up the good work. Well, we appreciate it. It's always a pleasure. And uh, I look forward to, to doing this again. I'll, I'll figure out when we can, uh, you know, I'll let you know when the next child is coming, and then you know, we'll talk about baby number two. <laughs> and we can talk about baby number one and two, the path to Wichita State. 
Oh, hey, that, we, that, we that, can that, talk. About <laughs> we, we could do that. Uh, that, that actually brings up another story. We won't have time for it today, but uh, I thought I was on my way to Wichita State. So uh, we'll maybe we'll save that story for the next time I'm on. 